Some may think that reggae and rock music are musically worlds apart. And although some adaptations have been, let's say, awkward, the parallels are very much closer than you may think. Did you know there was even a reggae rock fusion genre with artists such as Dread Zeppelin? Yes, really. And even the police fall in that category. But today on the Reggae Lounge podcast, we will be listening to artists that have covered either rock or reggae classics. But as it's called the Reggae Lounge, we will be playing the reggae versions. And some may surprise you. But I promise there will not be a 10cc record in earshot. Our first singer, born Paul Blake, was a prolific recording artist with many studio albums to his name and a global following thanks to touring. Frankie Paul, as he became known, was in fact born blind and learned to play the drums, piano and guitar at the Salvation Army School for the Blind in Kingston, Jamaica. It was here in 1975 where the legend Stevie Wonder visited and was so impressed by Frankie that he encouraged him to think about a career in music. The song Sarah was originally recorded by the American band Starship, which was written for the lead singer's wife at the time. Sarah was released by Frankie in 1987. And like all his other hits in the 80s, it became one of his biggest songs and still considered a Frankie Paul classic. Here's Sarah to start off proceedings.
This next artist is someone whose unfair reputation does precede her. I once met Grace Jones at an airport where we were both waiting to collect our luggage. And for the record, she was lovely. But I digress, because as well as a boastful CV showcasing her talents as a model, actor and dancer, she had quite a long commercial singing career and is still touring. But 41 years ago, her cover of a pretender song charted the UK top 20. That song is Private Life. In fact, lead singer Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders was quoted as saying, Like all the other London punks, I wanted to do reggae. And I wrote Private Life. When I first heard Grace's version, I thought, Now that's how it's supposed to sound. It was one of the high points of my career. Well, that's high praise indeed. And just to warn you, in case you do ever meet Grace Jones, she does not do selfies. Here's private life.
song was written by one half of a songwriting legend duo. However, the Beatles' Scar-influenced track was neither released in the UK or US, and word has it that John Lennon didn't like the song Oh Bloody, Oh Blada, which was written by, of course, Paul McCartney. But due to the era of the late 60s, the track was recorded by many, including the band The Bedrocks, originally called the Bedrock Sunshine Band. They were formed in Leeds in the UK in the mid-60s, but the six members hailed from Jamaica, St Kitts and Montserrat. The song was currently number one in the UK charts by the Scottish band Marmalade when the Bedrock's version was released. Nevertheless, it was a top 20 hit with plenty of airplay. The group were also fortunate enough to meet the Fab Four. Band member Reggie, in a 2017 interview, recalled the meeting and said, We did a programme for African TV in London, and they were there. They liked our version of it because they said it sounded more authentic and more what they would like it to be. A bit more upbeat. The Bedrock's legacy as pioneers of reggae music in the UK has been overlooked through near fatalities and financial difficulties. The band never quite repeated their chart success and their music has never been released on CD. But you can hear their version and clearly the best version as confirmed by John, Paul, George and Ringo of Oh Bloody, Oh Blada now. Yeah. 
Collaboration of punk and reggae is a tale as old as time. But with the shared issues of social politics, many punk bangs either attempted to write a reggae song or they adapted one. Step forward, UK iconic punk band The Clash. Police and Thieves was written by the singer Junior Mervyn and legendary producer Lee Scratch Perry in 1976. The song became an anthem for the Notting Hill Carnival of the same year due to the riots. Both Joe Strummer and Paul Simonon's involvement in the writing inspired them to cover the track. Unfortunately, both Mervyn and Scratch Perry did not like the Clash version. And although the song was a hit in the UK, the Clash version brought it to a bigger audience. However, it's the original track that has been used on various film soundtracks, including Rockers, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, and the Royal Tenenbaums. Don't, 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 don't,
1988 UK reggae band Aswad surprised many of their fans with a more mainstream chilled sound of the song named Don't Turn Around. After many years of being a dub reggae band, Aswad shot to number one in the UK and pretty much had a global hit. But not only did the song have a more commercial sound, it was also a cover to the B-side single called Typically Male, sung by Tina Turner.
London-born singer Maxi Priest took on the Yusuf Islam, or Cat Stevens, as he was then, Wild World. Yusuf wrote it for the actress Patty de Arbonville. The original song was not released as a single in the UK. However, another reggae legend covered the track in 1970. Jimmy Cliff reached the UK charts at number 8. Priest's version also did well and reached number 5 in the UK and number 25 in the US Billboard Hot 100 in next song became a huge international hit for an eight-piece reggae band called GB40 and made them one of the biggest bands of the 80s. But the song Red Red Wine was actually written by US singer Neil Diamond, a fact not even UB40 knew at the time. 
However, depending on your age, you may have grown up with the version sung by Jamaican singer Tony Tribe, real name Anthony Mossop. Tribe's version was released in 1969 and reached number 46 on the UK charts. Unfortunately, Tribe died just a year after his success in Canada. But his version of the song is possibly the true favourite of reggae fans. Just don't tell you be 40. Imagine the songwriter of this next song could pretty much retire on the royalties alone due to the song being covered a huge 20 times. But the biggest seller was when it was recorded in, you guessed it, reggae. Everything I Own by Ken Booth was actually a song from the rock group Bread. And although you may think it's a love song, Bread's lead singer, David Gates, wrote the song in tribute to his late father. Boo's version was a number one in 1974, both in Jamaica and the UK, on the Trojan record label. (laughs) 
a Kingston fishing community in Jamaica would be the inspiration of a song that not only sold millions but the original singer songwriter didn't receive the royalties reflecting its massive success. John Holt, lead singer of the Paragons, first considered being a doctor but was lured away by the pull of the music. The song's original lyric was the time is hard Not quite the same ring, but a fisherman friend one day came to see him and said, John, the tide is high, and a love song was born. US punk group Blondie had both a UK and US number one 
as did UK girl band Atomic Kitten. And it's easy to hear why this million-plus selling song became so attractive to other artists, such as Gregory Isaacs, Cardinal Official and Billy Piper. Give you if you thought that the next track was an original song from the Beatles. Twist and Shout actually started out as an R&B song by the Top Notes, which was produced by Phil Spector. It then became a hit when covered by the legends that are the Isley Brothers, reaching the top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in the US. Then based on that version, the Beatles recorded their version. It made the top 10 in the US and only released on EP in the UK. So forward to December 1993 and Chuck Pliers and Jack Radix with the Taxi Gang released their cover becoming a UK Christmas number one. Not exactly a straightforward rock reggae fusion, but on the Reggae Lounge podcast. We can always use poetic license. And it's such a great version. I dare you not to tap your feet. I'm 
final song of the reggae rock fusion comes from a young singer who was only 16 when he recorded his cover for his first single. And if you're going to choose a cover, then you can't go wrong when it has been written by the multi-talented Diane Warren. In 1989, the American-British rock band, Bad English, had a US number one with When I See You Smile. Three years later, singing Sweet, real name Paul McFarlane, reggified his version, and although it wasn't a mainstream hit neither in the US or UK, it did garner a lot of interest in 2017 for a comeback with no other than 50 Cent. But no longer Sweet 16, something tells me that the song may be a few octaves lower, but still singing very sweet. 
for listening to the Reggae Lounge podcast with me, Erica Gordon, a Dawn Howard production. Until next time.